Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Joining us now is New Zealand's latest world champion and uh, she's been sneaking under the radar in the roads of Europe. Um, but she was... A 17-year-old, she came third in the National Junior Road Champs, and uh, Neve Fisher-Black joins us. As I say, the world under-23 road champion, which just rolls off the tongue. It must be nice to hear, Neve, that title. Yeah, yeah, no, of course, it's pretty cool. It's, uh, yeah, it's been a, a strange few days since, uh, like, everyone asking me how it feels and everything. And, yeah, I guess it's funny to have my name associated with the world title. I thought it's cool, <laughs> And rainbows. You get rainbows on your jersey now. Yeah, rainbows. It's what every every cyclist dreams of pretty much. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a dream long time coming, so it's pretty cool to wear them now. <laughs> Look, it's not that long when you're only 22 or whatever you are. It's not that yeah. long. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but I've been cycling a long time. Always love bikes, so yeah. <laughs> For the yeah. last couple of years, you've been in Team SD Works, which is a Dutch-based yeah. team. What... What's, yeah. what's a couple of things you could tell us about the professional women's cycling ranks in Europe that, that we may not realise? Um, yeah, I, it's funny. I guess in Europe, it's just such a huge, cycling is such a huge sport, really, and, and that's why I feel a lot of people in, in New Zealand don't understand when I, I tell them I'm a professional cyclist. <laughs> that is, yeah, I do, it, I do it for a living, and then, and it's it's pretty big over there. I mean, really big. Um, uh, I'm racing all throughout the year um, across a world tour calendar, basically. Um, yeah, I think it's races like the Tour de France now. We have for women and and the Giro d'Italia, um, which I, yeah, I, I did quite well at this year, which was really cool. Yeah, um, I, I wanted to mention the so yeah. Giro d'Italia, actually, Neve. Um, 2021, ninth overall. And that's not just your age group. That's overall, and you were the first young rider. Then this year, fifth overall yeah. in the Giro. Again, the first young. You're on a nice progression at the moment. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. As a, that's sort of what I have to focus on the last few years and what my team sort of helped me. Um, focused on and they've really provided an environment where I can just really develop and grow because as I say it's a huge world um, the, the sort of physical yeah, challenges that we're up against is, is pretty huge as well as just like mental things and, and just learning the way around and the way around racing and, and, and professional cycling it's, a lot of it is experience and um, so yeah I'm seeing that in my progression that last two years, every race I've sort of felt that I've got a little bit better and better. And it's also about developing confidence to know that I can be with the best in the world now and I can, I can really race and do it soon too. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's getting there. And now next year I'll move into the elite ranks out of under 23. So I hope to step up again. And, and yeah, I've already shown that I can compete with the best. So I hope that I can... Uh, yeah, do it. Uh, be there again next year. What's What's happened with you physically and physiologically? Um, obviously, 
I, I, I'm just guessing that another year of serious racing into your legs holds you in good stead for the next year, and then you, that's another year, and then the next year. Is it, is it gr- building, um, not muscle mass, because you're not the biggest human, is, is, is it, yeah. does your aerobic stuff just increase by 5% a year, or how, how do you, how do you yeah. equate this improvement? Exactly like that. Like it's, it's also such a long season. We race from February to uh, up to October sometimes, and it's about sort of uh, yeah the fatigue resistance um, in the in the body and in the muscles, and and at the end like seeing races like the World Champs I did over the weekend. It's really really long race. Um, so physically, yeah, the, the older riders have an advantage over me just because they they are better able to to ride hard for a longer amount of time and then do a really hard effort at the end. It's, it's just about, the de- yeah, developing this, this sort of fatigue resistance and the only way you can develop this is just with time and, uh, yeah, uh, the, the work. So, yeah, it's, that's what, what I'm working on physically anyway. And in the World Champs at Wollongong, obviously the first finisher in the under-23s, but you were in a 12-strong breakaway. I was watching the race. You're in a 12-strong yeah. breakaway. Uh, all of the yeah. others were seniors how did you approach that mentally? Was it? Did you feel like you had enough to maybe shoot away on a climb, or did you think I'll just be patient and see what happens? What, what were the mind games going on within yourself? Yeah, well, and the, going into the day, I just sort of had the goal that I, I just had to be patient, uh, really patient, because also I was a like as New Zealand team, we only had a small team compared to teams like the Italians and Dutch, say. Um, so I just. I couldn't take too much responsibility in the race in terms of tacking and things. And we knew over the, the sort of hard climb on the circuit that I could be with one of the best climbers. I found in the end that I was just, just not quite with the top five girls, um, which managed to break away on um, the last two. But it all came back together in, in the end. So, yeah, of course, it's difficult to think when you're, when you're in so much pain at the end of, what, four and a half hours to think about going for these, these chance moves and things. But, yeah, obviously the winner on the day, Annemiek Van Vluten, showed us that it's possible to just take a take a chance move and, and, and go for it. And that sort of, that's probably also an experience thing mm. as I get more confident with being with those girls in the future, then maybe I'll, I'll be more confident to make those those um, crazy moves and, and really go for the win. But, um, yeah, uh yeah, that's that's just how it goes. <laughs> when you were in that group of twelve, did did you look around? Did you know who every single one was? Did you know they were all the elites, and you were the only under twenty three in there? Yeah. So actually, um, yeah, I raced these women all year round, so I know them pretty well. I, I knew exactly who was with me, and actually, it's funny because I had a few teammates in that group that. Normally, every other race of the year, I'd be racing and they're, and they're my teammates and I would be working with them. But it was funny to remind myself in that group that actually, they're not your teammates today, you're working with <laughs> It was hard not to help them a little bit because obviously it'd be really cool to have a world champion. In that I sort of had to be a bit selfish too. Um, but yeah, I knew everyone in that group and, and I was confident yeah, that I was, I was the only under, under 23 there. Um, 
it sort of surprised me building up into the Wollongong champs and I was looking for the New Zealanders and obviously we had an amazing, an amazing Commonwealth Games on the bike and then I just saw how few of you had gone to the world champs. I mean, I would have thought Aaron Gate would have gone but he wasn't there, Corbin Strong, Paddy Bevan, yeah. all of these guys and yeah. they weren't there and someone told me that you guys, you guys had to pay your own way and it was like five grand or something. Yeah. Um, that's That just yeah. doesn't sit quite easy with me, Neve. No, it, it, yeah, I think for a lot of people it doesn't sit easy. And when I first found out, of course, I was just annoyed because, yeah, I know that Cycling New Zealand has the funding, um, but unfortunately it goes to other sort of aspects of, it goes to track basically because that's where they see the metal hosts. And actually, I, I think that's fair enough. We haven't had metal on the road for a long time. It's like, well, except for the like, success at Commonwealth Games um, with Iron Gate. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, for the men, yeah, it was a shame not to see them there, but I understand also that it's about weighing up the cost, and for a lot of them, they would have had to return back to Europe, and that, that's, that's a huge cost, actually, too, mm. to race, and, um, I was lucky enough that, yeah, I can just come home after, so it's on my way home anyway, so it worked out for me, and also, I, I feel it worked out for me. It, it seems about... A I bit- yeah. It, it seems a bit, and excuse my French, seems a bit ass about face that the funding, and, you, and I'm not just talking cycling, I think it's quite a number of sports, they're funded on yeah. what they've achieved, they're not funded on the potential. And on the road, yeah. we've got fantastic road cyclists, and if there was a little bit yeah. of paid forward, then you would reap, yeah. reap the results. Is that the feeling you get? Yeah, it's exactly the feeling I get. I, I was like super proud of also the other woman um, in my team with New Zealand team on Sunday uh, on Saturday and also there was an impressive ride by some of the junior girls and I think there's a huge amount of potential coming through and I hope that yeah I hope that actually this rainbow jersey that I've won now is a bit of a uh, uh, it's a bit of proof that they should be putting some uh, some effort into this um, to develop the, the riders that we have because there's, there's potential there and I think definitely for the upcoming World Championships and, and Paris 24 and, and the Olympics from there, there's definitely there's a chance for medals. And, I, yeah, I hope they can see that. Well, on behalf of sports fans and cycling fans in New Zealand, thanks for making the, the financial sacrifice. And uh, those yeah. those <laughs> yellow, uh, sorry, those rainbow stripes on your jersey, you don't really have to say anything. That says it all about about your progress, your improvement, your tenacity. Uh, and, um, you know, you, you left New Zealand at a very young age and you've been absolutely determined. And as I said, over the last five years, your progression's been pretty rapid, really, pretty damn rapid, and you're still a junior. Yeah. Can't wait to see the yeah. next couple of years, Neve. I bet you're excited about the next couple. Yeah, of course. Super excited. Um, yeah, really excited. Confident and motivated to go into the next season. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) That's brilliant. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) Oh, and the last question, the rainbow jersey, is it it like the Melbourne Cup? You give it back after a year or are you rainbows for life? Yeah, so actually uh, you only hold it for a year basically. But yeah, you keep the rainbow jersey for life. But to be able to wear it on your jersey, you only have it for a year. Right. Okay. All right. Well, well, you're going to be easy to spot in the Pelotons through the European season in the next 12 months. So uh, wear them with pride and uh, absolutely well done. Couldn't be happier for you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, I've I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. 
What's making news around the world? Thanks, Zoe. What's going on, Sammy? Sammy Hewitt. What's going on? What's around? Oh, that'll be in a breakfast promo. Um, did you hear about the dart? No. Keep going. No, I knew you were going to go to that next. No, the DART. It's the uh, it's a NASA spacecraft that's crashed into the asteroid successfully. Oh, it wanted to. Correct. Kamikaze DART. Yep, go uh, go look it up. Um, it's all over social media, etc. Um, but you find the video of it actually crashing in there, a live video of it crashing in. I found wow. it on um, Stardome on the Instagram page of the Stardome here in Auckland. Um, yeah, so uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, NASA crashing a craft into an asteroid to alter its path and its orbit. Um, mm. As a test, obviously, for if one is on its call, on its way to Earth, then they can um, they can direct it. Hopefully, so they've crashed and they've got live video of it. It's it's obviously real disjointed and real frame by frame type thing because it's so far away. But it's pretty cool. It's not very big. Well, you wait till it gets close. Well, it's big enough, Mark. It's not even near as big as the meteorite. It comes off second best. Well, yeah, but it'd it'd probably wipe out the country of New Zealand. Yeah, if it hit. Fear. Yep. So uh, a little test there. We'll, we'll wait to see the results, but I thought it was a pretty cool uh, video seeing that, you know, seeing an asteroid close up, banging. Mm. And it was going at, I think I read 7 million, 7,000 or 7 million kilometres per second or whatever per hour. Per hour. Um, yeah, and crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, anyway, to other news around the world and around space. Um, Virginia. I'll take you to Virginia. That's my mum's name. Yep, I know. Jen, we call her. Uh, over 1,500 uh, North Virginian residents um, have been left without power due to, and I suspect, some relation of Ratoni. Oh. Yeah. I don't know what, what, what sort of um, lineage they have over in Virginia. Are they Mexican rats? Are they Russian rats? Um, yeah, if we've got Ratoni down here, who we presumed was Italian, he was the Italian. one stuck in your well, wall. Well, he squeaked with an Italian voice. Exactly, yeah. and he did this when he looked at you mm. with his fingers. Yeah, yeah they eat your brain, eh? Um, so, so I don't know what, what sort of um, lineage the rats from, West, uh, from North Virginia have, but um, 1,500 residents over there are in the dark because apparently one rat, just one, infiltrated uh, the Dominion Energy Power Center and uh, gnawed on a piece of equipment. Which is probably what just the main cable, and uh, no power for the for, for the north of Virginia. I'm wondering if it is my Ratoni because he left my place. You reckon he swam over? Yeah, and or, or he's got, like, a, or got a charter boat, and he'll be. Yeah. I'll get him back. His mum's name Virginia. I'll take oh. the state out. Wow, I'll I ta- mean that is. I'll take the state level. out. Just to that is next level thinking from you, Mark. Mm. Um, Ratoni. Ratoni, and I, do you know what? I bet he didn't even pay for the boat. No, I bet he snuck on there, stowed away, the little rat bag. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know, I brought that story up as well, because did I tell you the story about how my um, my uh, gramps, Brian, um, cut off the water supply to Tikawiti at one stage <laughs> when he came over from uh, Australia and he was out in the uh, farm with a sickle cutting down hay. I don't know what they do back then. Um, and he saw something moving in the ground. And his immediate thought as an Australian man from the outback, a jackaroo, uh, was to... It's a snake. Kill the snake. Sickle, snake, water pipe to Tikawiti. So uh, they <laughs> up in town, town lost their water for 24 hours, thanks, Grant. Um, similar to the, to, the, to the rat in some ways. I, I've got a couple more here, but I feel like I'm going to run out of time. Do, I, do we take a break? And Take a break. Oh, take a breath. All right. Go, Grant. 
just got a text from mum saying it was actually in Taumaranui, the bush. He was bushwhacking and saw the snake <laughs> hit the pipe. <laughs> um <clears throat> Now, uh, Drew Barrymore is making a few headlines. Are you a Drew Barrymore fan? 51st States with Adam Sandler. Fan, yeah. Um, yeah, she was... She, Fans a bit strong, sure. You know, you you admire her work. I appreciate her. her yeah, skills, appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, sure. Well, um, she's got the internet in a bit of an uproar um, after showing people how she eats pizza. Oh no! What does she do? <coughs> it's going to shock not your be staff. Knife and fork. You won't believe what she does. And we'll find out after the news. Oh, <laughs> no, so no, you can't no, do that no, no, I won't do that. No, um, do it, do it. I'm, re- I'm really? ready to be amazed. I'm ready to be amazed. All right, well, you'll find out after the news. Amazed and confused. And another, I've got another space story as well. And a fact of the day. All that and more coming up. Your what's making news has just turned into a marathon, but it's good stuff. Yeah, I think we just need to move on. Oh, do you? Uh, yeah. I want to know about Drew nah, Barrymore's pizza. Nah, no, I, I need to know how she eats pizza. <laughs> nah. I've been thinking about it. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. So, well, how do you think she does? Because it's obviously going to shock you. What do you think she does? Well, I know some people mm-hmm. um, who are gluten-free or gluten intolerant and don't want to eat bread. They make their pizza base out of um, Tortellas? mashed cauliflower. Gee, okay, and, that's weird. And it comes out quite good. Like, no, no, no I, this is like she buys the pizza from Domino's or whatever. Oh, a stock standard. And how does she pe- eat it? Or how does she eat it? Well, it's not just going to be that simple fold the triangle into a... So she, and it's not a knife and fork. Well, well how do you know? Well, because that's you, and so it's not that weird. <laughs> you do that, so it's, you're not going to think it's weird. You're going to think it's normal. I don't know. No, what. I do know. I do think it's weird, but I'm happy to be weird. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sam Hewitt's weird. She, I very much am, if you haven't worked that out. She... Now, I'll give you a little bit of a hint. You're on the right track with the gluten-free, don't-want-to-eat-bread track. Right, but it's not as simple as eats, orders gluten-free pizza. Does she, does she do what people do with... Um, um, like malapas and toffee pops and pies, and they take the lid off and then scoop and what? Does she does she eat the topping off and she throw s- away the base or something? She scrapes off the topping and puts it in a salad. Oh my god! That is how she eats pizza. She scrapes it all off, and so the video, like, and I mean scrape it bare, you know, like all of the sauce, everything. She scrapes it off into a salad and then discards the bread. Why are you getting a pizza, Drew? Yes. Why are you ordering yourself a pizza? I, th- I feel like you're missing the point. If um, She's missing the point. Just make a salad and chuck pizza toppings in there. Exactly. She's a bit weird. She is a weird. And surely you can get salads, maybe not from Domino's. But look, but people around the world are talking about Drew Barrymore. Exactly. We've never talked about Drew Barrymore she's done on, on the purpose. show. She's done it on purpose. She absolutely has. On you, um, Drew. The other story that I had was um, just for you, Steph, because I know you'll be very much interested in this. Uh, Jupiter is going to be uh, the biggest and brightest it's been in the night sky in over 60 years. When? Tonight? Tonight. Well, theoretically, it's Monday night US time, which is so it might have been last night for us, but it'll still be big and bright tonight because it's, um, it's the closest it's been to the Earth since 1963, but it coincides with what they call opposition, when it's completely opposite the sun, which makes it more makes it brighter in the night sky. So they reckon, hey, I've got I've got the old telescope there, which is fantastic. Binoculars. You might be able to see it with your binoculars. Wow. So if you just got some home binoculars, get out tonight if it's a clear sky, have a look up and um, observe and enjoy. You know you know what's nearly as exciting as that? Or just as exciting. Yep. Go to your kitchen drawer, get out the tin foil, cut a little circle, go and stick it on your fence and look out the window. It'll look much the same. No, see, Mark, that is, that's ignorant from you, Mark, okay? You get your binoculars out, you'll see, you might even be able to see a little bit of colour. You'll see a bit of orange. 
Do you know um, how many once in 100 year events I've witnessed? Yeah, no, nah, they happen all the time in space. This isn't going to happen for another 117, okay? So maybe. No, I was going to say come up to Calcop tonight and I can show you through the telescope. It's, a, it's actually quite remarkable looking through the telescope at like Saturn and seeing the rings because you see photos of them, you know, you've seen them in movies, etc. When you see it for your own, with your own eyes through a telescope, it makes you go, that actually exists out there. That's crazy. Have you That's, got a telescope at home? Yeah. Of course I do, mate. You Come on. You just get weirder every I day. I know, mate. I'm a nerd. It's fine. I'm into astronomy, as Beaver would say. <laughs> astronomy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm into my astronomy, okay? I love space. So what? Did, when Sue you, me. When you were a kid, Space did you, and sport, when okay? You're a, when you were a kid, did you want to be an astronaut? Give me, give me a beer, give me some rugby, and let me talk about black holes, okay? <laughs> Great boxing writer, Hall of Fame voter, Michael Montero joins the show. G'day, Michael. Hey, how you doing, Steffi? Thanks for having me back on the show. Yeah, always good to have you. I was just making the, the point that we talked to Kevin Barry last week, Michael, that going into this fight, Joyce Parker, it was heavy hands versus fast hands. And you never quite know until the bell rings for round one, but I had immediate concerns for Joseph Parker as early as the second round. Um, it looked a little bit leaden-footed. His hands didn't look as quick as what we've seen in the past. What, what did you see? You know, he, he started well. I think he tried to check the chin of Joe Joyce. He landed some hard shots throughout the fight, really. But it just seemed that nothing he did could back Joyce up. Mm. And, you know, uh, Parker came in at 255 pounds for this fight. That's the heaviest I remember him weighing. I, I think that might have been the heaviest of his entire career. And I just think as the, as the rounds went on, the constant pressure that Joyce applied just started to wear Parker down. And he, I mean, Parker fought so well and really up until the end, he really, really kept trying. He just came up short against a, a guy they call the juggernaut and, and uh, Joyce, I'm telling you, he's something else. I think we could be looking at a future champion. Yeah. The thing with Joe Parker, it must be demoralizing because you're right. He, he connected at least four or five times flush on Joe Joyce, who maybe blinked, and that was it, and then just took another step forward. That's got to be demoralising when you know you've, you've, you've hit him with your best shot that's knocked out opponents in the past and nothing. Absolutely. Parker is one of the more explosive punchers in the heavyweight division. I mean, Joseph Parker, a motivated Joseph Parker, is a dangerous man. And we've seen him have heavyweight slugfests. We've seen him drop and stop some of the best heavyweights in the division in this era. And you're right. He landed several good shots and you heard the crowd react. Mm. I mean, the crowd saw it. The ref saw it. Everybody saw it. And Joyce just kept walking through it. The man seems to just have an indestructible chin so far. Nothing Parker did could really back him up and keep him off. So eventually that pressure, I think, just got to Parker and uh, he was dropped in the 11th with that left hook. He's such a warrior. He tried to get up. But the referee, Steve Gray, made the right call in stopping the fight right there. Yeah, I agree. The right call was made, even though you know, some referees might have said you can go one more time, but I'm going to keep a close eye on you. I want to talk about the roads ahead for both these guys. Uh, there was a lot of talk in New Zealand, obviously, after that fight. A lot of people saying they think that might be Joe, but he's come out and said uh, he's got unfinished business. Where to for Joe, do you think? What's the wise, the wise path for Joseph Parker? 
Yeah, I think after a, a brutal fight like this, and this was his only fight uh, of 2022, I think he needs to set out the rest of the year, get back with his trainer, Andy Lee, who's a former pro fighter himself. He's been through the ups and downs of the sport. He understands the life of a fighter and the, the mentality of a fighter. So I think that's a great pairing for, for uh, Parker right now, working with Andy Lee. And come back next year and, and maybe fight a guy that's um, you know not quite top 10, but top 20, mm-hmm. uh, top 15, somewhere in there. And, um, you know, he can really do what he wants at this stage. He really has nothing to prove. I mean, he won a world title. He's fought the absolute best in the division. He's made good money. He could really do whatever he wants. I mean, maybe at some point he can come back and fight in, in New Zealand again and fight back on his home turf. I think he's earned that. He's been on the road for these past couple of years. Is there the potential, and this might sound silly, but the potential, given that that is a loss, He's seen as an easier, uh, an easier opponent for one of the top-notch guys. So he could get a top-notch guy who's looking for a stepping stone fight because you know how hard it is to get these top-ranked guys to fight each other. He could be seen as an interim-type fight for someone waiting for a title shot. Yeah, I think so. Uh, th- that's always a possibility. There are a couple of young guns working their way up, and they might see Parker as one of those guys. But I- I'll tell you, I don't know because he's still so explosive and he's still got a great chin. And I think he might be too much risk for one of these young undefeated guys trying to build up the record. Then again, right now there's only one champion and, and that's Alexander Usyk. He's the man at the very, very top. He has three of the belts and one of the belts is kind of in limbo because we don't know what Tyson Fury is going to do. He retires, then he unretires, then he retires again, <laughs> then he unretires. We don't know what he's going to do. So, I don't see either of those two fighters going up against Joseph Parker anytime soon. So um, he's kind of in a difficult spot in one sense where he's still a little too much risk Mm. and not enough reward for those types of fights. But he's proven so much and he does have a name back home. I think he could have a homecoming fight and do some good numbers there. Fury Joshua, it was quite uh, entertaining watching Fury doing a countdown for AJ to sign the to sign the agreement. AJ said it was with his lawyers. I don't think AJ wants to fight Tyson Fury. I honestly don't know what to make of that situation, Steffi. <laughs> uh, you know, with Tyson Fury, it's just so difficult to to know what he's thinking. And he's he's great on the mic, and he's great at stirring up controversy. He, I think he's called out about a hundred fighters in the last six <laughs> months and retired a dozen or so times. So, um, I wouldn't put it past him to have all this going on as a smokescreen while they're negotiating with Usyk behind closed doors, you know? Um, but obviously the bigger money fight would be between him and Anthony Joshua. That's a big, big fight over in the UK. And I do think eventually we'll see it, but I think the diehard boxing fans would criticize him a lot. If he were to go that route, if Tyson Fury comes back and fights anybody other than Alexander Usyk, the diehard fans are really going to give him a lot of criticism. Now, Usyk is, he is, amazing to watch this the ring craft of that guy and what he can do with heavyweights when he's not a true heavyweight himself is it a little bit of a bridge too far for Tyson just purely physics yeah I mean that's what that's what the Vegas betting line says that's what the odds makers say you're basically talking about a 200 pound man 
who bulks up to maybe 220 and fights men who are 240, 250 and has done well so far. But Tyson Fury is about six foot eight, six foot nine, 270, 280. And that's just that's a massive difference. It would truly be David and Goliath. Mm. But the spectacle of it, would, I think, would just get fans from around the world interested. I think there would be tens of millions of live viewers. It would just be one of those global boxing events just to see the physical difference between those two. And, you know, Fury has said one of his most difficult fights was against a former cruiserweight champion named Steve Cunningham, who floored him, put him down in the fight before Fury knocked him out. This goes back several years. This goes back maybe 10 years or so. And uh, Cunningham is a, is a southpaw like Usyk. So a small, fast, athletic southpaw. Fury has gone on record saying that was his toughest fight to date. Alexander Usyk does everything better than Steve Cunningham. So perhaps stylistically, this is the toughest matchup for Fury himself. So I, I really, really think that's the fight that needs to happen. And I hope it does. Uh, I got my fingers crossed. I'm knocking on wood over here. <laughs> I hope we get it. <laughs> I hope we do too. And the last one I asked you about, Anthony Joshua, it doesn't look like the Fury one's ahead for him. Is, does he look at White? Does he look at Chisora? Where does he look now for his next, his next opponent? You know, Steffi, it's still a huge fight between him and Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder has a fight coming up next month here in America in Brooklyn, New York. If he He's fighting Robert Hellanius. If he wins that fight, gets back in the win column, I know that his promotion wants to match him up with Andy Ruiz early next year. But if we can get Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder in the ring in 2023, that's massive. Those two fan bases hate each other. The mm. two fighters don't like each other. It's, it'd be USA versus UK. I, I think that'd be a big one. That's the one I'd like to see. I would too. I fear for Anthony Joshua in that fight. I really <laughs> do. If he gets coming. I think, you know what? It'd really be the first guy who lands hard. Yeah. I mean, really, who, whoever lands first wins in that one. Mm, fantastic. Michael, really appreciate your time as always. Love chatting uh, boxing with you, sir. Uh, and we will do it again before too long. Absolutely, sir. We'll do it again soon. Thank you. Great. Isn't he wonderful? Michael Montero from Ring Magazine. He is the boxing writer for them. Are you ready? I'm ready, Sam. I've actually got some music here that I'm going to just... Uh... The scary thing here is I don't know what your What Happens Next was even after you've told me what it is. So, we'll what do you see mean? how it goes. Even after? Yeah, I just go, I wouldn't have remembered that. So it's going to oh, be okay. hard for me to guess something I'd never know anyway. But let's have a go. All right. So, tell so the way, the way it works, the rules. people, we don't have a name yet, working name, name TBC. The way it works, though, is we've got a piece of audio, like we do with What Happens Next. You're not going to hear that audio. It sits in the vault. <laughs> maybe it's maybe something to do with a vault or a cage or the cage. And um, your job as a listener, so we'll generally get one listener to call in. Today it's going to be Mark Stafford. Your job is to figure out what piece of audio that is by asking 10 yes or no questions. Right. To get to the answer now. If you, you can guess at any point during those 10 questions what you think it is, Steph. But if you're wrong, that's it. You're done. And we move on to the next day where someone else will pick it up again. If you're wrong, you don't get to keep asking questions. If you get to the 10th question, you have to have a guess. And once again, if you get it wrong, it jackpots to the next day. And the next listener will get a chance to try and guess what audio is locked in the vault. Wow, okay. So I've got a piece of audio locked in the vault right now, Steph. It's 35 seconds long. Mm. Your 10 questions, please. Righto. Um, question one. Question one. 
And it's always going to be sport, isn't it? At this stage, yes. We may branch into movie quotes, etc. Oh, okay. Righto. Okay, so... But it is sport today. It is sport today. Does it involve a team... A team sport, a team game? Yes. Team. Does it involve a New Zealand team? No. Not New Zealand. Is it... Is it an American sport? No. Not American. Mm, Jeepers, so it's Europe. And it's not New Zealand. Oh, I'm going to have to... I should have done this first. <laughs> is, is it Northern Hemisphere, this, this team slash sport? No. Oh, something down south. Okay, Southern Hemisphere. How many questions is that? Four? That's four. Or five? Four. Okay. Southern Hemisphere... Team sport, not New Zealand. Is it a ball sport? Is there a ball involved in this sport Correct. and this team? Ball. That's five. So this is what I'm thinking, New Zealand. I'm thinking probably cricket. Um, but I might be wrong. So how do I get It's a team sport involving a ball, not New Zealand, Southern Hemisphere. It's clearly cricket. But if I say it's a cricket, that's too limiting. Gets rid of it, though. Is it cricket? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's six. It's not cricket. It's a ball sport. It's Southern Hemisphere and it's not New Zealand. I am so cocked here. What's left? Four questions remaining. Four questions remaining and about two minutes remaining. Um, Ball sport, not New Zealand team sport. It's like a ruse. Could be football. Could be football. I just don't want us to do all these sport things. Um... Not New Zealand. Is this team or sport or event, is it involving two teams from the Southern Hemisphere? Correct. I'm running out of questions, so I'm going to have to narrow it down. Oh, it's not cricket. Two teams. Oh, Steph, you're missing a glaring, glaring sport here. Oh, am I? Yeah. It's football. It must be football. Oh, that wasn't even a question. You've just given that away. <laughs> I'm so, just helping you out now. Full sport, and it's not cricket, and it's not football. Oh, okay. Are the middle two letters of the sport GB, as in rugby league? Correct. It's rugby league, two Southern questions. Hemisphere team. Two questions to go. Is this an NRL final? Correct. What? So I've got one more question, and then I have to guess. Or do we say the 10th has to be a guess, or is it 10th question and then a guess? 10th and then a guess. Okay, you've got one question, Steph. Is this one of Melbourne's victories? Incorrect. Oh, my God. Now, what do we do here, Steph? Because we're coming up to news. Now I have to guess. You just guess, or do we hold over for tomorrow and we keep playing? Oh my god. Do we hold tomorrow? Keep, or do, uh, how about we keep playing after the news? See how many questions it takes me. Yeah, we can see how many it takes you. All right. Hopefully, people are enjoying this. I hope you are. We're going to do it with they callers. They will be playing at home. Say, why did you ask that? Yeah, and we will be doing this with you folks starting from next week. So, we're going to get the listeners on. You'll have a chance. We'll have prizes. They'll jackpot. I'm excited oh, already, and yeah. this is just the dress rehearsal. Mm. Tell us if you like the sound of that. And tell us a name for it as in. well. <laughs> it's like picking the safe, isn't it? So I, I think it's something to do with the, with the vault. Unlocking the vault. Or just, yeah, the vault. The vault. Uh, news. I'll keep thinking.
Oh. I'm actually just going to go straight back into the... <laughs> <laughs> just take me straight back to my unhappy place. So here's what we've decided. It's not a New Zealand team. It's not in America. The team well, what about for people that are just joining? Should we brief, okay, brief you, them? You brief them. Well, this is our new segment, people. We're going to play it from next week. Um, going to replace Mastermind. And just for Brad, who's texting, saying... Uh, what about the overall mastermind competition? We'll still do that at the end of the year. Yeah, we're still going to have just, a great time. We're just time. parking the mastermind daily, um, given that, look, it hasn't received a whole bunch of uh, contestants over the last few weeks. So um, we decided to freshen it up. We're going to freshen it up. But we still applaud our monthly winners for mastermind, and we will still have a grand final at the end of the year. Don't fear. And working name at the moment is The Vault for the this vault. one. Yeah. And we put a bit of audio behind The Vault door, and you've got to try and unlock it by answering, uh, by asking 10 questions. And uh, Steph already burned his 10 questions, and you didn't actually give a guess overall of what you think it is, did you? You just asked your 10. But we're going to keep asking questions for this particular one just to see how long it takes you to get it. On a normal day, you'll get 10 questions, and if you don't get it, we'll jackpot the prize, which would probably be our $50 bonus bet, to the next day, Mm. and the person who carries on will have a chance to win $100. (laughs) Someone's just said the vault sounds good, sounds like fun, especially for those at home yelling at the radio. You're yelling at me and I can hear you Mm. and you've all got something in your head probably. So the people that are just joining us, that's what the segment is, Staff. You've asked 10 questions pre-3 o'clock. What have you asked and what have you found out? So I found out it's a team sport not involving a New Zealand team. It's not an American sport. It's it's in the Southern Hemisphere. It's a ball sport that is not cricket. There are two teams involved, and it's rugby league, and it is a grand final. Well, you said a final. Now nah, it's a grand final. Yeah, <laughs> it is a grand final, and it is not involving Melbourne. That's yeah. where I'm at. Yeah, but yeah, it is. Yeah, I think you're probably only two or three questions away. Okay. <laughs> is it? Two thousand and ten or later. No. Nice. Because <laughs> I've got a game in my uh, head. Yeah, that's the thing. You get a game in your head, and your questions skew towards that, don't they? Yes. What game did you have in your head? That was post twenty ten, or or is your is your game pre twenty ten? My game's pre twenty ten. Ah, I see. So that's I why see. I chose that. Not yep. that long before twenty ten, though, Sam. Well, you're going to have to ask to find out, Mark. Is it not that long before 2010? To find out long. Um, is it post-2000? No. Okay, my game's wrong. Yes. I don't know which one you're thinking of, 2003. Scott Sattler. No. Weren't you? I was thinking the last time Parramatta won. Okay. Which was 2008, I think. No, they were in the final in 2009 against Melbourne. Oh, uh, of course, Melbourne salaries see, had I'm, dramas, so I'm, people will so argue that Paris me, are the one. You're asking me to remember pre-2000 grand finalists in the NRL and then pick the right one? That's exactly what I'm asking you to do, Mark. Uh, now, I, I, now, think about, I'm Steph, what a man like myself. Actually, think about myself, Sam Hewitt. What would I lock behind that vault? Audio-wise, you know how my brain works. Mm. Am I going to be? Am I going to be locking away the Canberra Raiders? No. Am I going to be locking away the the St George Dragons? See, what am I going to be locking away, Steph? See, I've got a fantastic memory, but attaching it to years, I'm hoping. So, like, Roycey that's why you Sim- ask the questions, mate. Roycey Simmons, I don't know what year that was. Um, Jonathan Thurston, it's clearly not that. I don't know what year that was. Scott Sadler, I don't know what year that 2003. was. Two thousand three. Um. 
How does Sam think? This is Penrith and Parramatta. Maybe it's the last time those two played. I'm talking to you, New Zealand. Is it the last time those two met in a grand final? Is it? Is it? <laughs> okay. Ask the questions. Sam? Yes. Is this the game the last time Penrith and Parramatta played in a grand final? No. No, see, that doesn't help at all. You could have asked that differently, probably. I could have. Does this game involve two teams from Sydney? Yes. Still none the wiser. So that eliminates Canberra. The Cowboys weren't there anyway. Eliminates Canberra, the Warriors, Brisbane, the Broncos. But it's, yeah. Doesn't eliminate many. Um, I'm cooked. I don't know. I, I was probably watching it and I'll probably know it when you it, say it. I, I feel like you don't even need to know it. You can just keep asking questions to get there. Okay. Are both teams still in the NRL? Yes. So they're not merged teams. So that eliminates Wests. That eliminates Manly. That eliminates... Who else is merged? It's the Roosters. Oh, see, I did that facial expression to try and give, get Sam to give me a, a little wink and a nudge. Oh, I'll give you a hint Steve here, Steve Roach. I'll give you a hint. Paul Cernan. I'll give you a hint. Okay. This won't happen in the real you, world. You, you asked, is it the last time Parramatta and Penrith met in the final? Yeah. It's not. Thanks. But one of those two teams was involved. In fact, I'd argue the audio was about one of those teams. It's going to be Parramatta, isn't it? So when did they last? They 1986. 86? Is it the grand final? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you making a guess right now? You're no. not even asking questions. No, this, this is, is going to be the official guess. No, it's not. Okay. This is a question. Was it the... Is that a question? Yes or no? Is that a guess or a question? If I said... If I said, is it the 1945 final, is that a nah, guess that's or a, a question? question? that's a question. Okay, is it the 1986 grand final? Yes, it is. <laughs> that's the last year Parramatta won it. So I'm going to say, this is, in the vault, lock in my guess, this is Brett Kenny scoring a try for the Parramatta Eels to win the grand final. That's that is, my guess. That is Staff's final guess, right? Let's open the vault. That's the vault door. What's inside? Delay mark. They're going to score the dogs. No, it was knocked down. And six more tackles. Six more tackles for Canterbury now. Parramatta out on their feet. Can they it's hang on for this next thing? And Big Dunn is tackled. Three metres out from the line. Dunn to play the ball. Bugden's the dummy half. He'll go himself, Bugden. He's tackled. A metre from the line. There's the siren. Parramatta have won the grand final. The Eels have won it. Mr. Perpetual Mason and Mr. Nice Guy, Michael Cronin, are held aloft. There you go, Steph. 1986 grand final, Parramatta winning. So you wouldn't have been right because you guessed try. But the, but the answer was Parramatta winning the 1986 NRL. Well, it wasn't NRL, but the uh, Winfield Cup. Mm. There you go. And that... And that took how many questions? About 17. Yeah, about 17. <laughs> so I would have jackpotted a couple of days. $100 bonus bet. Yeah. There you go. That's And that's how we're going to play the vault. Oh, you know what I picked up in that commentary? Like a very young-sounding Fatty Vorton. And very young Rabs. And, but Rabs, how he holds the last word. Gets up to the line. Brett out to Kenny. 
he, he lingers on the last word yeah, of yeah, it's every true. He line. Does do that. He does do that. He, his mm. voice broke in that too. Oh, I think we're final yeah. at the end. But there you go. Hey, so that's the vault. And uh, then, I mean, that was a that was a what happens next bit of audio that I pulled into the vault. So it probably won't be that hard. But there will be some hard ones. There will be some hard ones. But maybe the one I do is Jonathan Thurston hitting the winning field goal in 2015. You'd probably get that quite easy, Steph, because mm. you'd find out it's NRL. You'd say if you did post 2010, yeah, I would have gone at Storm or Cowboys. Yeah. That's what I would have thought. Yeah, good game, good there game. Go. Yeah, <coughs> the vault is that is that official? Are we locked in. Ah, we'll see. We'll Are we see. locked in the vault? We will see. That's good times. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91